Hey, what's going on, everybody? And thank you for tuning into this week's episode of the podcast. Um, for this week, my guest is my good friend, Tyler Ayer. Um, we've been good friends for God, a while now. Uh, anyways, we get into conversations regarding um, the GameStop uh, situation. For those of you that know about it, we talk about that. We talk about cars for a little bit. Um, and that's just about it. There's a few other things we sprinkle in here and there throughout the conversation. But other than that, we just have a um, wholeheartedly good time on the podcast and hope you guys enjoy it. Yeah, I definitely want an arch lighter. Like, I arch. definitely want one of those. Arc? Arc yeah, or yeah, arch? Um, Which one is it? I think it's the, the arc. You get a little closer to the mic. You got to be close to these mics. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's, it's okay. Because I can barely play you. But can arc. you hear me now? Yeah. Cool. Amazing. Cool. Um, arc lighter? Arc lighters, yeah. Electric. Oh, in, infinity lighter. Infinity lighter. Is the brand. But the arc lighter I like is, the, is the model. I'm 100% going to start buying one. Start buying them, investing. Them, <laughs> <you know? laughs> billions upon billions. <laughs> Speaking of investing. Speaking of it. I want to know your take on this GameStop thing. I want to dive into it. Okay. Um, well, what do you what do you know about it off the off the rip? You know, um kind of summarize what you know. Basically what I know from the get go is you've had these headphones. Head, oh my gosh. These headphones. I thought I said fudge. That's why I laughed. <laughs> hedge funds, funds, funds. I can't say it right now. Hedge, yeah. hedge funds yeah. and firms that basically were going to short GameStop and a few others. And a bunch of group of people got together, Redditors. I'm actually on the Wall Street Bets. I've been on it before okay. it like, blew up. Yeah, um, yeah. So I kind of knew about that shit happening. <laughs> <laughs> I like but it. they wanted to go together and, and basically drive the price up because then the hedge firms and funds sorry i just i'm okay. this is stupid right now i'm just, i cannot speak right now <laughs> but um <laughs> it's not gonna be good but um they would close on their shorts given the infinite risk of the shorts and basically have to buy the shares back at a premium price if we're driving up even more yada 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 therefore you get diamond hands which is this term where like diamond the stock hands. just keeps going up i love it I um love <laughs> but then you had robin hood and others stop and halt trading on i think last thursday or two thursdays ago um and now we're at the price it's at now where it's lowered a lot of people sold off yeah so basically um yeah a bunch of so these big financial institutions these big hedge funds they uh <laughs> thank you for speaking correctly <laughs> you're good, you're good. so um they have all this money right and so something that's very sound and easy investment for the most part is these they're called legacy businesses things like blockbuster and gamestop that are going to be forced out of business because everyone buys their games online now people right. don't buy stuff like especially look how blockbuster got taken out by uh streaming yeah services. like netflix and hulu mm-hmm. so they'll they'll invest in companies like that they'll short it which is the, they're basically betting that the price is going to go, go down. down they sell all of these shares when they open their position position they sell all of these shares and then they just have to buy them back at a later date. And there's there's like some terms to the contract. You might and maybe it's like two years or something. But the idea is you could sell it for eight dollars and then buy it back at four two years later, and and you keep the intermittent profits. So typically they like to keep those positions open as long as they can because it's a business that's going to fail eventually. It's just kind of on the decline. So they want to be able to sell it at at today's price, which is 
ideally the highest price it'll be at right. in the future and then buy it back somewhere down the line once they've started, once they've continued their decline. So, uh, basically a lot of people, a lot of these hedge funds bet on that and people on wall street bets, they realize that there is the most, the highest shorted stock was GameStop and it also has a low market cap. So the total amount of money in it isn't a lot. So it's easy to have to make big price movements with not nearly as much money. Okay. I did not know that part. Yeah. So like you couldn't do that with something like Apple because Apple's worth $2.2 trillion or so to even mm. double the stock price, you would need $2.2 trillion. Right, right. But for, for GameStop, it was like 5 billion or something like that. So to find, I mean, five, a very billion, small number it, in the grand scheme. I mean, in the stream of wall street, it is, but in, yeah, it, it, according to wall street, it's, it's not that much. And so, uh, the, that Reddit wall street bets, they, uh, they identified that. And so they just started buying up as many shares as they possibly could to just skyrocket the price yeah. because they saw that a lot of these hedge funds, they owed their, their shares. Like within this week, they had to buy them at some point, which is what the short squeezes basically yeah. just means that a company You're forcing them to buy it at the higher yeah, they, price. They have to buy like a, a short squeeze happens when, there's it's more of a mechanic of the market so like you a, a financial institution owes 50,000 shares or maybe like i don't know 100,000 shares and so there's not that many shares being sold at the market so people have like maybe there's only 75,000 being traded at that one moment in time they might have to pay people on their their limit order people have these orders that say i'm going to sell it at this price if it hits it so they may just have to buy it at that price because there's not enough available and it raises the price. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so these people on Wall Street bets, they bought it up, they raised the price. All their contracts are pretty much ending in this week that, that we just we just ended. Yeah, just went past. And so they had to buy back these shares. They had to close the positions by the end of the week. They're legally obligated to do so. So they probably sold the shares a while ago, two years or so ago. Uh, at like $8 and they're required to buy it back at this like $300 price, which is, I mean, it costs them billions and billions of dollars in losses. Right. But the thing that's kind of shady about it where it starts getting weird is so obviously Robinhood, TD Ameritrade, Webull, all these other um, like online no fee brokerage services yeah. that the bulk of a lot of people use because it's very The bulk easy. of retail investors, as yeah, they say, invest yeah. which is average people at home, mom, pop, like me and you, not Firms. Yeah, absolutely. Just so for people that don't know. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to. No, no, you're good. And so, um, yeah, so they shut. Robinhood was one of the biggest ones. And the reason that they're kind of in the spotlight of this is so wh as soon as they, they shut off trading and being able to buy yeah. um, GameStop, the price of the, the share dropped all the way. It was at maybe $400. It went all the way down to 120 at one point. Right. So they essentially crashed the market. Um, quotes on that. But, uh, where, where it's kind of sketchy is so Robinhood, right? They have to buy and, and sell their trades through somebody. They have a margin call. Yeah, so that's that's what they're saying it is. I mean, that's the term, but you're yeah. you're explaining it in better terms. Well, I'm saying something a little different. Okay, actually. okay, okay. So, yeah, that's that's the reason that they said after is because they needed to put up more cash for all of these shares that they. People are going in and trading yeah. and stuff like that. Um, essentially, the banks that like support them, and so, but they need to buy and sell their tra their shares through someone as well. They need a broker, 
So they use someone called, I believe it's Citadel is who they use, who Citadel owns Melvin Capital Hedge Fund, who is the number one uh, financial or hedge fund shorting GameStop. So where it's like a, a conflict of interest is this company that owns the hedge fund that's the biggest shorter in GameStop, yeah. who also kind of controls this this big section of the market, just shut trading off. So you can't buy any of the shares. You can only sell. Right. But if you can't buy any of the shares and you can only sell, who are you selling to? You're probably selling to these hedge funds because they have their own and financial institutions because they have their own brokers and they can just put in orders. But we couldn't like common people can't put in orders mm-hmm. for it. So that's where it kind of gets sketchy. And, and the SEC has to definitely look into that. That's that's a huge thing with it. Um, and I'm correct. Yeah, they, Wasn't Citadel and them denying that they have any involvement? From what I remember probably, reading, yeah, they were denying like we're not intel- we're not any part of we're not a part of Robinhood. Why I mean, would they're we? not gonna, they're not going to fess <laughs> no, up? No, they never to would. It. And it, another thing is like Robinhood, they they want to look good to a lot of these hedge funds and financial institutions because they themselves have an IPO coming up. They're going to go public. Yeah, I did hear and that. So they want to have good relationships with these these people because those are the people who are going to invest the most money into them and make sure their IPO goes off because they want to make the money too. Um. Yeah, it's it's a hell of a situation, really. I I think it's it's awesome. <laughs> I love. I mean, seeing yeah, I'm kind of I'm 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 definitely into it. I'm like, oh, okay. I, it's it's not anything. Sparks my interest. It's not anything like atypical either. I think it started in the '70s. They were called bull rushes, where a bunch of these wealthy investors would get together and they would all buy at the same time to mm-hmm. bump prices up and then basically just dump it. And so that's something that's been going on for a long time, at least 50 years. And and now when people actually do it is when it becomes a problem. And I think that's you know? where most people are very angry at is that situation you just described. And that's what made me angry was like you guys have been manipulating the market. That that's the other term that makes me laugh is they're like these predators are manipulating the market. And it's like that's what you do every day. Yeah. And now, but it, it, and they use a different term for it. They don't ever call it manipulation. Now why would they? So when they called it manipulation on the redditors, I was like, oh, here we go. Like they're crying wolf, and yeah. and then they. <laughs> They just kept going with it of like, like you're saying it, it, the message was like very clear of like, we don't like that normal people are making this money yeah. that we're losing it's, out on. Yeah. It's when it's we've been doing this for 50 years. It, it's easier to, it's easier to be one person and call them out than when one person does something to a bunch of people. Right. So like, um, Robin Hood, all these, these hedge fund managers, they can say like, well, it's not fair because all these people turned against us and they just, they hurt us because we're basically like, um, because they're wealthy individuals, they were targeted essentially. But when they do it to us, there's so many people you're saying, that's just how the market works. That's just the market. Like we're just taking advantage of, of this or whatever. Yeah. But like no one knows these hedge fund billionaires. So it's like, yeah, it's oh, very, we're really it's, targeting you. We don't even know who you are. You're in the ex- shadows. You just came very, lurking out of your cave because you lost some money, you know? It's very inclusive. the The whole financial market, uh, markets like everything's very inclusive. You're you're born into a family, or you're brought up. Maybe you're very smart, and you get into a position, and they keep you on. A lot of those firms will actually hire people, and then use their their connections to wealthy individuals that they know, and then they'll just fire the person. It happens all the time, and it's illegal, but they get away with it. Um, you're talking like for actual like a broker they bring on. Yeah, like, like Jim has people like uh, twelve millionaire yeah. friends, and they go, Jim, why don't you come work for us? And Jim goes, okay, and then he brings all their money over, and then they fire him, and then obviously the clients are stuck with the fees to move it, 
and they don't want to most people don't want me to pay those fees but that is true um is that kind of what you're saying kind of yeah basically they'll if they'll hire people to get their clients and then they'll just they'll just can them and then they have somebody over them like they'll they'll set you up with like a mentor or something like that and then your mentor calls and says hey you know it didn't work out with this person but you know, I was his mentor and I taught him everything and I, I've been working here for X amount of years and I can just take care of you. And yeah, they, they don't want to pay the fees to move it because they probably just invested a lot of money and they don't want to take a loss like that right away. So you're talking at like the lower level, like when people get like a, as a regular financial advisor, you're saying at that level. Yeah. Yeah. They, like you get okay, big yeah. companies do that and, and it's illegal to do that. You can't just bring people on to access. It's called their natural market the people that they know and that they bring to the firm in the beginning without like company bought dinners and friends yeah. and family type of things. And the other thing is that you start out, it's very rough because your commissions are low and you're not making a good salary. And a lot of times you, in order to do a deal, they do pair you up with somebody and that mentor will take and the type mentor 50, or more or more of 50% it. of your commission sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's another big thing. Cause I remember my dad briefly doing did it because he had connection at Maryland to do it, um, and then he was because he I talked to him about it because I was like I'm in, like just interested in it like possibly doing it and he was like that's the only thing I'm gonna tell you is it's an old person's game but it at is. the same time now it's kind of dying down given the new yeah, I mean, way the markets are going with just these apps and stuff I mean it's basically putting bro, you know regular financial advisors out of business if you're young you have to have some sort of a you have to be really, really motivated and very, also very smart. And you have to kind of be able to prove yourself really well and also be able to sell yourself as to why. Cause oh, yeah, like, sell why, you, like working yeah. out like shitty hours, long hours. Like, yeah, it's yeah. not like a, like why would I want to invest my money with someone who's only been doing it like two years versus somebody who's been doing it 20 mm -hmm. years. And that's like, the other thing, you yeah. know, it's, it's a lot harder. So to develop that client base, like when you're at a younger age is very difficult. You could, I, I feel like if you go into it right out of college and, it's more of something that you're not like in love with. It's going to be a lot harder than if you just worked any other financial job in, in your sector and then went and became a financial advisor saying that you have a lot of experience in, in the markets doing things. I feel like it's much easier. Yeah. You're definitely paying a struggle. I mean, I knew we had a friend who did it in New York city and I mean, for New York city making like 45, 50,000, which is just, for New York City is just shit. Like I mean, just it is. Yeah, that's not and he's been there. Having to live in like these small ass apartments with like five other guys, you know, six other guys just to like get by with rent and like yeah. it's just wild. But yeah, and then they have that that long period of struggle before they finally might get an account that can put them over. And like you said, it, it is because it is an old person's game. Same thing with like a why would you trust somebody that's only been there for a year or two yeah. doing the markets? Like, it's and just, you also it's hard. a lot of the time you have to sign uh, non competes and things like that too. So if, if you decide to leave that firm or something like that, they may be able to like take your clients from you first before before you can before mm -hmm. you leave. That there's all these different rules with your contract that you sign as to basically like being yeah. able to continue your practice somewhere else without right. them. Yeah, they almost all companies kind of have that. I mean, to an extent, it's it's a like sometimes if they're like what a year or two later you can do it it's something like that yeah they're all different but um do you think with the gamestop situation though that were there any uh hedge funds or firms that were on the other side of it that were helping push that price up um because i thought i read an article where people, some firm was and i don't know if it's 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 interesting because 
So retail investors tend to be a lot, a lot more risk averse, right? Like they're, they're more willing to just take on risk and take shots at things because they're not as experienced, right? Something that may be very risky. They're just willing to jump in on in the same way that these, these went up hundreds of percent. There's going to be people that lose lots of money. In oh this yeah. Too. Absolutely. Yeah. Do, you, do you think it's because they're not risky or do you think it's because they don't have the responsibility of appeasing customers? Um, it's, it's, it's a well. bit of both. I mean, like it's you like, you can take more risk because you don't have, you, you only answer gonna, to yourself. Essentially. Yeah, you're going to take a lot more, more of your own personal risk for sure. Mm-hmm. And, and it's hard to justify if something like that goes wrong and you're on that side of it yeah. trying to explain to someone why you lost like $10,000 for them because of something that was incredibly risky. Mm-hmm. Um, but also at the same time, so institutional investors tend to stick to be very like, very secure in the way that they like hedge funds. They tend to be very secure in the way that they put their money away and that they allocate their capital. They don't want to like mess around and like, like these things with GameStop, right? Like if people hadn't done what they did, they, they would have just continued making ton billions of dollars off of it just the way that they did it like that. Um, but also at the same time, a lot of very good investors like that are very, very good at, at realizing the trend and kind of understanding what's happening and being able to make money where they can. What's what's different about a lot of like hardened investors is that they know when to get in and when to go out, which is the hardest thing for people to know because maybe you, you just keep going. It, it's easy to get greedy. It's easy to look at money and be mm-hmm. like, oh, I've made this. I could make this amount and then stay in and then you end up only making $30 instead of $300. Do you think that's because of insider trading or the fact that they have better computers? Like what do you think is giving them that edge or is this a that good like hedge funds in general yeah um they are very smart people they have a lot of behind the scenes um things that they get they go through they have a lot of number crunching they have a different perspective on the market because they're usually friends with they know insiders i mean right it's illegal to trade on insider information but it happens all the time i'm sure it does it happens yeah. all the <laughs> yeah. time no doubt about it so, <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about it honestly they, they kind of stack the cards against individual like retail investors in that way that they have all these connections not necessarily insider trading all the time but they have they also have better computers their latency is way way quicker i mean in the time that that it takes us to submit a trade maybe through Robinhood or something like that maybe like 40 milliseconds or so but places financial institutions can put it within six seven milliseconds they can beat you every single time so it, it's a bit of the brain power. It's a bit of the the connections, and it's a bit of their equipment too. I just want to—you brought up how like uh, the quickly the trades can go through during that whole rush on like AMC, uh, Nokia, what the other, and then obviously GameStop. There was a fourth one I thought, but uh, when I was looking yeah, at it, there was a Nokia trade, and I was looking at the price. It was like three dollars, and obviously it was on the Reddit. Like everyone go for we're gonna do Nokia too, and I was like. Three bucks. I mean, I'll put a little bit in one. Three dollars. Like, yeah. it's not that much. And then when I clicked like submit, it was like three fifty. I was like, I can't do that. But when I clicked submit, there was so much like backlog and so much data that wasn't coming, so much volume that it couldn't update in time. And when yeah. it finally updated, it was like eight fifty. Yeah. <laughs> so my trade went in at like eight seventy instead. And I was like, this is not what I because I, I would not have gotten into eight seventy. Yeah, you gotta do um, <laughs> you gotta do a different type of buy instead of the market. You gotta do more um, limit buys. Yeah. Yeah, but I would. I didn't think of going in at all until I looked that day, and I was like, "Oh, well, fuck it, I'll throw a little bit on there." Yeah, and, but it was at three at the time. And you wouldn't expect it to to no, more but, than double within that time. Yeah, but smart to do. Let's talk about that because that's something that, I mean, 
people getting into investing might not understand. And I know when I first started, I didn't know what that was. I had my buddy explain it to me. My my friend Ryan, shout out Ryan, like explained me what the limit buy was and stuff. For real. Yeah, yeah. Um I mean there's there's a lot of different buys and sells. You really wanna you wanna have an understanding of what price you wanna buy a stock at, um, and what price you wanna sell a stock at. You might not necessarily know what you want to sell it at. You might want to, if you're holding it for a long mm-hmm. period of time, you're just holding it until just waiting you know, yeah. because you believe in it. But definitely, you should kind of look at its history over the last couple months and also the last couple weeks closely, and see what prices it has it been at. What's its high low? What's it? What's its high been? What's its low been? And kind of find where its average range is. If it's on like a if it's on like a steep incline right now, it might be better to wait until the next dip. But if it's a company that might have a low market cap or might be a fresher company or something like mm-hmm. that, then it might be okay to get in when, when it's up because the company is just that, that increase could just be because of a, a new product that they created. And so there might not be a lot of buzz and not a lot of people might know about it yet. So it might be okay to get in at times like that. You kind of want to consider, you know, where the company is and there's a lot of factors really, but oh, just yeah, doing the research to, to understand like where a company's at, what they're doing and, Try and figure out if you think the price today, if they're overvalued or undervalued. What what tools would you say is the most important for you to look at? Or how about the most that you look at? I would say one of them's definitely what's their standing? Like what are they how are they doing right now? And also how are they gonna be doing in in the semi near future? Mm-hmm. Like companies like Office Depot or something like that, right? Or we'll say like Walmart, right? Walmart, they're, they're great in retail. They kill yeah. that sector. But retail is a, a kind of a difficult sector. And they're also being cut out by Amazon a little bit as well. Yeah. So they have some, how are they going to compete with Amazon? So I know they have a, a big online web service. They have one of the, the best algorithms for their system when you scan things, when you check things out. It's all automated. So you know exactly how much product is everywhere. So their supply chain is really good. You kind of just want to look at if they have solutions to the problems that they face and like, are they going to be able, are they going to be competitors in the future? Like if they're like, since they're going up against Amazon, could Amazon crush them at some point? And the thing with Walmart is that they have a solution to that, but other companies may not like Like Target Depot or or, or Target. Yeah. In in the same way, just because they're big now doesn't mean they're going to be big 10 years from now. Yeah. So that's definitely something important to look at is like what their current and their future standings is going to be. Um, I would also say whether you think they're overvalued or undervalued, like you want to look at their market cap, their market capitalization, which is the total amount of money in the firm, and then compare it to if there's other businesses that do the mm-hmm. same thing, compare it to their market cap to get an idea of you know, what share of the market that this company has and how much do you think it could get with its products, right? Like if... Um, I feel like the EV market's a perfect example for that. Yeah, like so Tesla, like, this exactly. is the hegemon so everyone like, knows. Like like electric, right? So if someone created an electric car tomorrow that did a thousand miles per charge, charged it in thirty minutes, every EV would pretty much be out of there, right? So they could take over maybe but maybe that company, their market cap is like half of what Ford is or something like yeah. that. Then you could assume that if they came out with a product like that, their market percentage, they would take over the market completely pretty much or a very large percentage of it. So you want to look at that when you're looking at other companies to try and figure out how, you know, what's a comparative price for them? Like where do they fit in the market with the products that they're, with their future, like what, what does it hold? So market cap's a big thing to look at as well. Um, 
something if you're trying to look at when to buy um, something that's good and, and sometimes when to sell as well is uh, something called RSI it's uh, the relative strength index it, it basically takes the prices over a two-week period and it tells you how what percentage essentially it's moved up versus its average price okay so anything below 30 RSI is pretty much it's been oversold anything above 70 is typically that it's been overbought now the thing with that is it works on a two-week scale so maybe if a company on day seven had came out with a brand new product that's going to revolutionize their their company then the RSI could be a hundred or or something like that it could be mm. very high but it's still justifiable Okay. So you kind of want to be able to. So you kind of have to compare that with yeah. real world with their news. You want to use. Out. You want to kind of like put together quali- qualitative and quantitative data, and kind of create a picture as to what you think is going on. And then grander than that, you kind of want to look at the economy and the stock market as a whole. If things are doing well, if things are not doing well, you know, if if indexes like the S and P five hundred or the Nasdaq haven't been doing well, then maybe this company might not be, it, it might not be their time, you know, mm-hmm. it might, you might be able to wait a few more months or something. How long do you think this can uh, keep going, keep going green? You know, I, I have a very looming feeling because I, I feel like America is becoming even more and more kind of separated. And I, I think our economy what do you mean by separated. I just feel like like division between each other. I think I mean? think people yeah okay, okay. I, I think we're like more I think people politically racially uh wealth wealthily <laughs> I don't know whatever <laughs> term that whatever that term no, I know what you're saying trying to say though yeah yeah it, you know I think we're everyone's very divided right now and I think that's that's having a big effect I think that's going to have an effect on on the market moving forward as because people are going to be a lot more sensitive with things and I think that's going to change the the dynamic as well as People need money. Um, Corona has, or I'm sorry, COVID has not been going away. Um, I mean, we have vaccinations for it, but it's not nearly at the speed that we anticipated. And then even with that, uh, I I saw people, I mean, I'm I'm sure they're probably bullshit graphs, but basically it's talking about how we still may need, even vaccination might not be enough. We need to have like, um, I saw that too. And like, we need to stay inside still. Yeah. Which it confuses me. Yeah. Why do we, I mean, like if vaccinations are working, why why do we need to? Do? It's because we can't vaccinate people fast enough. But why can't we vaccinate people fast enough? It shouldn't be that hard. Well, because the, they're not the company. Yeah, the company. Yeah, the company yeah. The companies are all arguing over prices and. So shit. that's what I'm saying. Because there's so much. There's so much. Um, there's so much shit going uncertainty on. Uncertainty right now. Yeah, there's so much <laughs> uncertainty and volatility in the market that I, I feel like I, there's definitely something's going to happen. I know. Um, prior to, to COVID happening and COVID happening, Warren Buffett was sitting on the largest amount of cash he's ever sat on since the 2000s.com boom or that crash. Um, so he's he's kind of in the same way that he doesn't see things going great sooner uh, in the near future. I just I definitely feel like we're kind of lulled into a sense of like security with investing right now. I do. Yes, I understand that. I I, I agree with that as well. I think it's. I mean, truthfully, I thought halfway through the Trump presidency that the stock market was going to go down. I, that was like my prediction. Um, I, miraculously, it did not. I don't know if that was because the market felt confident with him or not. Um, there's arguments for both sides, <laughs> considering it was very volatile during his presidency. Um, yeah. But it's almost like COVID was that crash 
and almost also was the savior of a potential crash because yes, the market crashed, but it only crashed because of things grinding to a halt, not because of actually a financial bubble. Yeah. And then it delayed the inevitable bubble, in my opinion, because of the stimulus checks and stuff and pumping money into the stock market um, that propelled it. But all that does is create a bigger bubble for when the actual bubble comes. So, yeah. And, and I mean, um, one of the guys I've listened to or who I like is Peter Schiff, I think. I'm familiar heard. with him. Well, he has like a podcast and, and uh, he's a financial advisor, but he talked about why he thinks it's going to crash. And he has reasons why he thinks the dollar will be devaluated given all these stimulus checks and yada, yada. But um, it's just, it's been pumping for, God, I, a while it feels like. It, it, <laughs> like it, yeah, it just it has, has been. <laughs> so it's like, oh, when's it coming? And yeah. See, COVID was interesting because, you know, at, at first COVID really, it, it did crash the market. And there was so much uncertainty because people didn't understand, like, what was going to happen, what was, like, how know, long it would be for what's it? Gonna was be. it that deadly? And we didn't even yeah. know anything about it. You know, it's like you were learning new stuff about it every single day. And then companies needed to adapt right it kind of sped up the rate of change as to which it did do you that know, yeah like technology wise survive and technology as well so it's like maybe like like people like office depot and staples like how they've been affected right people are probably using a lot less like paper products because mm-hmm. they're working on their tablets they're working on zoom for a lot of things they may not have to take as many notes things like that like so that industry is taking a hit so it's kind of been you know, with the acceleration in technology and mainly the implementation of technology, I feel like that has been a big game changer in the market. And so that's why some some stocks like Amazon, I mean, is profiting right now. Their their costs are going up. They're kind of struggling a little bit logistically, but they they did well with with COVID because all their stuff is remote. They're just dropping packages off and yeah. everyone didn't want to leave their house. So they're just everyone's buying everything online. I know 58 percent of American households have Amazon Prime. Really, I, mean, I didn't know that's it's that. It's outrageous. It's it's absurd. <laughs> Wait, do, you, do you have it? Huh? Do you have it? Yeah. You do. Yeah. Do you have the student thing, or do you pay for it? Pay for it? No, my my mom pays. My for mom it. has <laughs> it. Ah, using the family plan. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny, is I don't think I would ever buy it. Maybe because I haven't had the luxury of anyone else having it, where I'm like get used to that, like packages in two days type of stuff. You get your stuff but, pretty much immediately. You also get pretty much the cheapest prices for it. Um. It's just weird to it's, me. Like I don't, I don't have a desire to be like, oh, I want it in two days. Like I like to like wait for it, and then it comes in like two. Like it I comes in late, and I'm like, yeah, I'm like more excited for it. I'm like, sweet, it's finally here. Like in two days, I'd be like, yeah. oh yeah, it's here. You know, I don't, I don't like, I don't like waiting, but I definitely like being able to go to like a store and like buy whatever I want, right? If I yeah. if I wanted like a pair of shoes, I I'd, I'd prefer to go to this maybe not Vans or something because I know what they all feel like, and I might be buying the same pair for the sixth time, but. You know, I like going to the store and like seeing what I'm buying and like taking it home with me. I, you know, I feel like as as people born in the '90s, that's uh, <laughs> I feel like that's gonna be something that's just us. And I feel like a lot of people, our kids, are just gonna be like, "Why the fuck did you go to a store? Yeah, why would why you, why you that, just Dad? order it? It'll be at my house." You know how much land that takes up? Yeah, you know. <laughs> we want to build a forest there. That's what they would say: build a forest. Build a forest. It's gonna be man-made forest once all these buildings get destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> we got to plant the new shit somehow. Like, tore it down. We got to replant it. Absolutely, dude. There, it's a study where there's like the most trees and plant life ever. Like, I don't. I, I, that can't be true. I swear to God, <laughs> we've, I, I we've cut down a lot of it. <laughs> you no, know, we have, but at the same time, it's like there's more 
trees in the world now than there were before. I don't know how to explain it. Let me just, you know what? We can just look this up. We can just look this up. Let's see what happens. Uh, I'll do this again. There you go. Shout out to all the trees. Shout out. <laughs> Shout out to all the pears. Trees are pretty dope. I like them. Are, am I looking up again? Are there? Are there? Uh, how many? Are there more trees now than there were however many years ago? I don't necessarily know if I trees know. are the problem. What would the problem be? Cruise ships. Oh, in the United States, there are cruise ships are the problem. <laughs> Listen to this stat, right? I'm in. I'm in. Let's so, dive into cruise ships. What's well, about the environment, really? So it's part of cruise ships. Yeah. So Carnival Cruise Lines, they produce more carbon emissions in one year than the entire continent of Europe's cars. All of the cars in Europe, granted, they don't necessarily drive as much as people in America. All of their CO two is Carnival pr- produces more just running their. Like twenty five cruise ships every year than all of Europe. Ten times more pollution. That's nuts. It's outrageous, and it's because they're um, they're headquartered in these these very small countries, and they represent basically the entire GDP of the firm. They create some jobs. They basically make these people on this island like wealthy, even though they're still on the island. <laughs> yeah. So it doesn't it doesn't necessarily <laughs> change a whole lot, but. <laughs> They uh so yeah they basically just get to give the middle finger to like any rules that they want and it's pretty crazy. <laughs> Dude, this is the exact article. That's fucking wild. Then all of Europe's two hundred and sixty million cars. What? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's outrageous. So One people ship are always like forty seven cruise ships. <laughs> Everyone's like, uh, what the hell? It's uh, so everyone's like, we need electric cars. We need, we need no cruise ships. You guys need to stop need going <laughs> to Cabo and fucking Cancun. <laughs> Hashtag no cruise ships. Hashtag no cruise ships. I mean, hey, and the COVID almost did take them out. Yeah, their cruise ships are, dude. They, Isn't that what people were saying so, about like Venice and stuff? They're like, the water's blue again. The yeah. dolphins are back in the canals. Yeah, like Carnival <laughs> was struggling. See, that's. If if you guys you want to take every everything in the market you want to you want to use that as as experience because when something like COVID hits these big companies like Carnival Crew like we're not going to stop flying on planes we're going to be flying on Southwest or American Airlines I took a again this, I've already taken like, my flight yeah people are going to start flying again it's not like that's <laughs> gonna that's gonna go anywhere so when the the price of the stock drops by like thirty percent or something like that you need to get in there because that they're not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. When it drops low, that's something I wish I got into was like Spirit Airlines and Southwest because they were yeah. just dirt cheap. Like and they're just, still going to be going up for the next however long because they were they were undervalued and oversold. Undervalued and oversold. Look at this. Uh, Venice is on the chart for one of the top polluted ports in all of Europe. Southampton. Isn't that in England? You ever been on a cruise ship? No. They are fun. <laughs> Who the fuck? I, oh, I, I, I mean, mean, I hate to say it now that I know this statistic, but they are quite know. fun. Yeah, dude, Just kidding. They're horrible. Bears, People bro. don't go. <laughs> I hate polar bears, too. What? No, I mean, I'd totally go on a... What? You don't like the Coca-Cola polar bears? No, I, I mean, I'd definitely go on a cruise, but I mean... Hey. It's we, just nice. We should do it, something it, about it. it. At least is, find them a bunch of money and make them plant trees or something. Yeah, they need to do something. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll agree to that. I'll, it is nice though when you go on those. The only reason I think it's nice is because you just don't really have to plan it. 
Yeah. Like every just, once in a while, that's nice for you to go on a trip and just not have to worry. Everything you just know? goes right in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I mean, I like planning out trips and like doing, oh, we're going to do this this day and this this day. But then there's sometimes where I'm like, where someone it's, else takes over the planning and I'm like, thank God. Like, like, I will awesome. just enjoy and I'll, I'm, oh, oh, you need $100 for that? There you go. You're like, like, I'm just trying to relax. Yeah. Yeah. I'll pay my part. You just let me know when to pay. That's it. I don't have to worry about anything else. Like, there, but there is something nice about that where it's like, we don't have to. Like you, you, there's nothing you have to worry about <laughs> on a cruise ship and you can just stuff your face you can buy the drinking package and just drink all you want i mean i mean that sounds that sounds like my dream really i mean i don't understand what more, why what more do people want that's why retired people go on them all the time i'd oh go on I'd, I'd just live on a cruise ship really give me the month as a retired rate. person you're just like i'll just pay a monthly <laughs> monthly stipend okay fuck it dude have you noticed it seems like a lot of people are going to tulum mexico tulum? Have you seen that on Instagram? Not really. I've been no? seeing a lot of people going to, to Nashi. Shout out Nashville. Okay, I have seen that too. Yeah. Interesting enough, which I don't know why. Nashville is beautiful. It's actually one of my favorite cities. I just I, don't know why it came up all but of a sudden. Why, yeah, why a lot of people are going. I mean, it is. I mean, I've gone twice and it. it I guess it's kind of a hidden gem like, in a sense because people don't go to it that much. Yeah. And it's. But it's beautiful. It's got a river walk. It's got Broadway where all the bars are and shit. Like it's it is a popping city. But now it seems like people are going up. And I know some of the like France used to go up. Uh, one of them did for some event. But other than that, they used to go to New Orleans and like yeah, I haven't been to New Orleans. I, I really want to go to New Orleans. Is, Nola's fun. Nola's fun. <laughs> I uh, I do really it's disgusting, to... but it's fun. hey. I mean, I'm down to get a little grimy every once in a while. <laughs> this Bourbon Street is just nasty, dude. There's like by the end of the night, there's so much like cups and but just that's garbage the fun on the ground. It. See, I I love shitty things. You always have to appreciate. I love shitty, shitty things, things because the thing is, it's like if you have like a a beat down car, bro. You could be like, fuck it, hit my shit. Like, I don't even, I don't care. Oh, like, you, yeah, you, <laughs> you can get can, reckless with it. I get what you're shit. saying. Like, you, you, you just have to appreciate it because you paid like nothing for it. You might as well just enjoy the hell out of it and beat something up. I, I love shitty things. You got to appreciate them. I've never looked at it in that perspective, but that honestly, like, like that car analogy is perfect. Because like when you do have a shitty car, you're just like, like a door handle can come off. Dude, you're, you're just like, praying somebody hits you so you can fucking get a new one. <laughs> <laughs> you can get you can <laughs> turn it into so a fucking get that new one. direct deposit, bro. <laughs> you're just trying to like beat down on your shit. You're like stepping on the brakes extra hard in the rain. Like <laughs> just You're pulling out in front of people, like, ah, oh, I yeah, didn't see you like, there. Sorry. Fuck it. <laughs> Maybe if I hurt my arm, I'll I'll get some more money. <laughs> shittiest car. You're a car guy. Car? Uh what, like currently? Or does like ever design wise? Let's go with whatever. Now I'm curious. I I definitely I really hate the uh, the Pontiac Aztec. That's one of the ugliest cars I've ever seen in my life. Pull this bitch up. Uh, this is gonna be a puke warning for for anybody listening right now. You said Aztec, right? Yeah. Give me give me the images, Google. <laughs> oh, I know <laughs> these. Yeah, these are so let me disgusting. Uh, to anybody listening, let me. Um, What's the worst color to put on? ASMR you a little bit of Let's the. Do this uh, one the design it's it's kind of like that is just nasty <laughs> it's just it's like we're looking out oh my god it's <laughs> it's kind of like there's two sets of headlights and then there's also like two grills on the front actually four of them sorry four headlights there's like four, four grills. grills all these weird headlights the glass looks terrible i mean it's hideous it, and look at the back of it i mean it looks <laughs> it kind of looks like a prius but if you just made it look way worse. Yeah, like an SUV Prius. 
it, but look yeah, at this look at this side wait 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 look at this things. side view of it stretched oh. out oh that looks nasty <laughs> Ew. Oh. see why would you ever buy that is what what i just don't understand it it's like who in their right mind goes to a pontiac dealership and says Give me the Aztec. Aztec. <laughs> like you can't tell me. Like I guarantee those their their salesmen. They got in the car. They're like, all right, just just drive it. Don't don't. You, you can't look about, at it when you're on the you inside. You want to talk about being offended? Native American people should absolutely be offended about this. Change the name. Change the name. The, exactly. The Pontiac. Don't get mad at the Redskins. Get mad at the Pontiac Aztec. This thing's disgusting. Uh, Washington football team. I, that's why I said don't get mad at the Redskins. <laughs> I'm making a joke that this is way worse than. Calling this car an Aztec is way worse than calling a football team Redskins. Yeah. If you guys see this car, you understand. All they have to do is change their name to a... They need to change the logo to a potato. Redskin potatoes. And they, they could get away with it. The Pontiac bug. <laughs> yeah, so that, that, that car... <laughs> I can't do it. One of the worst cars I remember was like... Isn't like the Gremlin like horrible? The Gremlin. Gremlin car. See, I'm not an idiot. Oh my God! Was that made by AMC? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that was made by AMC. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that and the Javelin. They made two cars. Actually, I think they made a couple more than two cars. But they are both fucking terrible. It looks like a what? three-year-old with Parkinson's drew it. I mean, it's just fucking. It's <laughs> so bad. It's like if you tried isn't, to draw a, a isn't car. Isn't the engine like or something in the old. back too? Uh, probably it's, one of these it's like if it gets hit at all it just explodes yeah it, <laughs> i swear to god it's either the, the one you mentioned or this I, I, one the where they're the like if you get I hit think. it just explodes like there's no stopping yeah, it no, from exploding I, don't, I can't believe it yeah that's a that's a terrible car what was the one you said you uh, said the javelin yeah the amc javelin that was their other car oh look at that that thing just it's right there it's ready to come up yeah, this thing is not. Now, why do you think either. this looks bad? It just looks like it looks okay. It looks really it stretched looks out. Like, you know. Oh, I do not like that. It event. looks like it's wearing headgear. Oh, like it, like right. it's a fucking <laughs> like. You know when people have braces, but they have the the equipment around their face. It looks like that, but for a car, it's like bulging. It looks like it's like like um, this souped up. <laughs> like the weird quiet kid is like trying to smile like with braces. That's really mean. I'm gonna take that back. Cut that out. <laughs> Nothing um, is getting cut out, just <laughs> so know. you're aware. <laughs> Everything is. <laughs> but, um, I think yeah, I no, like the last episode, I said like retarded like twice. I was like, I can't say that. And I just like said it again. I was like, damn it. <laughs> so, again, I apologize. <laughs> but, so, uh, I'll be donating $3 to someone offended for the kids, <laughs> yeah, for the kids, for the children. Um, <laughs> he always says <laughs> <laughs> we have one friend that always says fuck kids <laughs> that's horrible but yeah, this uh, car, anyways it's, it's this disgusting. car is disgusting it's just bulging yeah it look it's got like it looks, how do I explain it, that it has like it looks like it wants to have round edges but then it also has rectangular edges at the same yeah. time like it's it's trying so hard to have these curves and it just can't get them yeah. <laughs> it just can't get them it's like a Oh, this is I a nat. That's that. a good, disgusting picture of it. And it looks bulky on the side. It's sides. also like shit orange. That color. It's it's almost like brown. It's kind of like it was orange a long time ago, and and now oh, it's crap. just brown. <laughs> it also just like looks very bulgy. <laughs> it is. Like it's got some it's got uh, unnecessary handles. thickness to it. Yeah, love hand. Not good love handles, but yeah, not at all. I like to paint the wrong one. Well, we're out of it now. Back to cruise ship. So yeah, those are those are some bad cars. 
Best car. Best car? Like what practically fastest, uh, coolest? Your What's your ideal best car? Criteria-wise, I'm not sure. Let me think. I can start naming off names. Oh, I have plenty. Of Nissan, cars. Pontiac. I, it's more of it's more <laughs> of for what way. use? Like the best track car, the best day-to-day car. Well, you saw the three worst cars we just named. Design-wise, yes. Okay, go with the best so, design-wise then. Um, that's what I think makes it all around. One of my car. favorite is is Pagani, the uh, the Huayra BC Roadster. How do I spell this? Uh, P A G. Okay, I wasn't sure if it was like some weird spelling. A G A N I. I got it. Pagani Huayra, and then do the B C Roadster. Type that in after it. Oh, this is this looks nice. Oh, that is very pleasing. See, it's this. Uh, wow. This guy named Hiroshio Pagani. Shout out Hiroshio. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Hiroshio. <laughs> but <laughs> so um <laughs> Shout out Hiroshio. <laughs> so um yeah, he basically he's this extremely uh that is just that Italian is sexy. man. And he um I've never called actually, a car sexy he's, till I'm today. He's not even I'm gonna be quite honest with you. But uh, he just kind of he makes these. And, and the thing about him is they're they're hand sculpted. The engines are built by AMG through not Mercedes but through AMG, and so it's a reliable engine. You know, it's not going to be fucked up in any way. And they do all the body, the styling, the interior things like that. Ooh. The um the dials like the gauges, uh the the frame for that, and as well as the nameplate that says Huayra and BC on the back of the car mm-hmm. is all carved out of a single block of aluminum, and it takes over twenty four hours for like basically a water jet to cut it out. It's it's crazy. A water jet. So uh, the amount of work that goes into these cars, I mean, they're three million plus dollars, but they're very very pretty cars. They're very cool. They're very fast. Um, I also like the new Tesla Roadster a lot. I think that the looks, new one. I haven't seen the new one actually. You haven't seen the new one? I have not. It came out about three years ago. It's it hasn't. It's not, <laughs> it's not it's, that new. Well, it's because it hasn't. Okay, I'm thinking like in the next like, last like two weeks. It, it I just came out. Something. It came out years ago, but it, it has. It's not like it's it's not in production yet, so nobody actually has one. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Look at the white one right there. Oh, it's like new. We didn't really explain the Pagani very much. I'm sorry about that. We'll explain it. You've seen the Tesla Roadster. You know what it is. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. Not, I think a lot of people do. Look it up. It's a good story. That, that does look. That looks very Tron. Yeah. Very it's, Tron-like. And they, I mean, this thing produces ridiculous, apparently 10,000 newton meters of torque, which is astronomical. I mean, probably the most car, and probably the most right now is maybe like 2,000, somewhere 2,500 maybe. So 10,000 newton meters of torque, it's a zero to 62 in like 1.9 seconds, 250 mile top speed, up to four or 500 miles of range. Uh, it's going to have a 200 kilowatt um, battery in it, which is, I mean, think about the highest performance Tesla right now has 100. So to have two of those battery packs. So it's got double the range or just better performance? Both. Hmm. Look at this car. Not distracting me. Oh, it's the, uh, Look at the Cybertruck as a police car. It looks terrible. That's... That's the future. That literally reminds me of like Robocop. I, I feel like the Cybertruck won't actually go to production, to be honest. Why do you think that? I think it looks horrible, but yeah. It's, see, at first it looked cool. 
but it doesn't look good. And I don't think a lot of people are going to really buy it and be happy with it in the same way that they are with their other models. I think yeah. Tesla is going to come out with a new truck. It's you know, just like with, too futuristic. It's just, it's not, it's not something that it's not, it doesn't represent the, the brand. Like they, I feel no, like they, they does, want it to. And I don't think it don't represents think what truck production. people like. It's also, if they were going to do it, I feel like that would have been needed to be released sooner. There's still, it's still not even in production yet. And I know a lot of people have canceled their, canceled their, uh, their orders. They're doing so well with, um, model S model three, model X model Y. Um, the Roadster's kind of, I hear Elon say it all the time. He says it's dessert. They're going to work on that. Like once they've kind of taken all the necessary steps with the, the rest of the, the company, what they need. Oh, yeah. Just looking at, sorry. I'm like going back to this. <laughs> oh no, go for it. But just like the way this looks like a Ford Raptor looks compared to that. It's just like, yeah. From see, someone who likes trucks. Cause I used to drive one. It's just like the difference is like, yeah, I, I I I feel yeah. like they'll um they'll scrap it, and I think they'll come out with a new truck in the future. They're also still working on the semi too. They have a lot of projects going on. They're they really ramped up. The, the semi will be interesting. That'll change Actually, the Volvo game. Volvo just came out with a, a competitive semi. I think it just either was put into production or maybe there's a release date for it or something. Um, but it's it's electric. It's supposed to have like 500 miles of range. It's it's gonna be insane. You type in. I know. I really, I realized that afterwards. It's all good. Popped up all these gas. Look at yeah. Let's see. Oh, what? No, that's not it. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's the that, it's that blue one. See, that only says 150 miles. I I could have swore I saw something the other day saying like 500 miles or, or something. I know. I know it's compare. It's comparative. It's the only. Sorry about that. It's the only. Uh, that was the microphone, not not me. Yeah, so I got you. You good. No, not you. People listen. People, are, no, <laughs> they, they can deal with it. Oh, I'm care. screaming sometimes. It happens. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. That's gonna change though, like the game. Do you think we'll have autonomous uh, semi trucks? Isn't that like the big worry? It's the Andrew Yang thing you always talk about. Um, robots are taking their job. You know, we're still a little bit away from like full autonomy. You know, Tesla has it very is very good at it right now. And you can design it, but it takes so much on the back end right now, like so much support to make sure it actually does. Like you, you could create an autonomous car that drives from where we are right now to anywhere else that we wanted to, to the nearest McDonald's. But you'd probably have to program in that route specifically and have the car. I've already driven it once and like track it. And you'd have to do so many different things. It would take so much support that it's not even autonomous because there's so many people supporting it in the background. Um, but in, I would say probably in the next maybe five years, five to ten years, we'll definitely see somewhere close to that. Um, it's going to be interesting. It's it's going to be weird because of adaptability. But, you know, at, at one point there were cars and horse and buggy on the road at the same time. Mm -hmm. And these autonomous cars, they're just going to have to live with the reality of not every car is going to be autonomous. So you need to create the program around the idea. Yeah, right. The unpredictable. That's the thing is that's the issue is how can you build this on the unpredictability of people, other drivers, essentially. I mean, you can build in safety measures and stuff to the best of the ability, but there is a lot there's of cameras, a lot of sensors, and that's pretty much it. And you just program in different mm -hmm. situations for, for the car to do and different things. We talked about this in, in um, my insurance class, and that's one of the biggest issues why it's not coming to market so quickly is the insurance behind it. It's like they don't know who would be, it sounds stupid, but like they don't know who would be legal See, eventually, and whatnot, and will the companies be legal or what? And I'm, I'm, Liable. Yeah. yeah. What did I say? Legal? Legal. Yeah. Liable. Legal? 
I'm going to say liable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got you. I think I combined the two. Um, but yeah, they don't know who would be liable and therefore they're not willing to give the insurance on those vehicles and those programs yet. Eventually, I, I let's actually, so this isn't my own theory, it's my bad theory, but uh, essentially, uh, eventually there's probably going to be a flip with insurance companies once uh, autonomous cars do kind of hit the market and a lot of people have them. I bet they're going to start saying that you're going to be charged more insurance if you have a non-autonomous car because you're much more likely to get into an accident. That's very true. The, yeah. Eventually there will be a flip probably with that, but that's not going to happen until probably 10 to 15 years at least into us getting full autonomous cars. So that, a, that's a while. Yeah, for sure. And especially, um, I know how some of them do it is they like try to program by doing different routes and then this car learns the routes and it learns the other streets and it can communicate with the other cars that, by mapping. Yeah. And there's a company I think in Phoenix that is like, um, taking car regular cars, fixing them up and making them autonomous, and then they're like only doing Phoenix though. They're not doing anything else because they're allowing it to like fully map out Phoenix first, and then it'll be like their like it's their so it's their test city and their first city they'll be launching in, and then from there they would go to other cities and do this like almost the exact same thing. So in New York City, they introduce these cars slowly but surely, and they build up a mapping system and. Yeah. algorithm can start recognizing traffic patterns which ways to go yada yada and um all that stuff basically yeah that's, what I'm that's getting at. interesting and yeah. then from there the city incorporates it type of thing it's gonna be weird i i definitely think um i think our kids will probably still have to learn how to drive a car i feel like though that's good though i feel like that's a big that's a big thing and not that that's like the reason we shouldn't do autonomous vehicles but like that is a big thing in our lives and and our parents' lives and like for us to drive and learn to drive and, and also, so it's like almost like a small rite of passage everyone kinda goes through. And imagine if you your whole family has to share one vehicle. I guess it wouldn't be that bad though, because it would just drive itself back. Oh, this could be nice. There you get too. So you just it think about it. you always have a car for you. Oh, think about like going out wise. You would never have to worry about drinking and driving. Yeah. Ever. Ever yeah, that's, again. That, that's that's like just big, gone. That's the biggest part behind autonomous driving is there's so so many less uh, dangerous scenarios out there. I could definitely see the scenario where insurance flips now. Yeah. I never thought about it in a drunk driving sense. I always thought about it in a, like a pessimistic of like the vehicle crashing. You're not going to speed. Computer. You're not going to cost the insurance company any money. If if the autonomy, And if you do cost, it's not going to cost the insurance company. It's going to cost the company that made the vehicle at that point. They're going to be a lot more liable. Do you think it would eliminate traffic? Mm-hmm. To an extent, it depends. We'd have to restructure our roadways because think about every intersection now, right? Like if you had every intersection all basically one way so you could move like at an intersection, right? They're one dimensional. You're, everyone has to go through the same square in the center yeah. of the intersection. So if you had maybe like the northbound, southbound underneath the eastbound, west, westbound lanes, so they had maybe overpasses and then you had um, – it's called like turn roads mm -hmm. to go every which direction from the direction that you're moving in. That would eliminate traffic, but then we'd have to restructure all our roadways, and I don't see that happening. Well, I, in a sense, I think it would decrease it, would, it though, because it would like decrease it. So you know how like you know how traffic starts basically. You know how traffic starts basically, right? Well, people just stop. Been off they this slow whole time. down. Crazy. It's been off. I have no idea. I don't think. It's I just now started to hear myself again, so I hope not. No, I've been able to hear you the whole time. Okay, let's really hope, but. Yeah, I, I think you're good. We're going to have to deal with it regardless. Um, fucking 
the audio another time. Um, but I'll think about like, well, yeah, well, people slowing down, or it's usually it's if somebody is in the far left lane and they see their exit and they cut all three lanes over, causing the other two lanes to break, and then it causes a domino effect because these four cars break, and then the people behind them break, and the people behind them break, and then somebody breaks, but instead of breaking, they go over to the left. It was interesting about traffic. It it would if everybody just started moving, it would go away. Oh, it would. Oh. That's the most annoying thing is everyone just needs to start going at the same rate. We need to all get on the same page and we need to, I actually saw something the other day that Tesla is, is going to bring in like hot mics kind of where you can, you can talk to other Tesla drivers around Ooh, you if, cool. if you want to not like hot mics on uh on call of duty when you kill someone and they, they call you a slur or something like that. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> they call you a slur. but I think that's interesting. Um, well, 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 I had something to say about traffic. It's gone with the wind. There's nothing like it. It's horrible. Oh, random dude, you know I four. That's what I was gonna get at. Was I four random? I do know I four spurts of traffic where you just are like, just keep cutting in and out. Random spurts of traffic where, and then you get to a point and it just like stops and if people go back up to fifty. You're like, are you kidding me? There's nothing here, dude. It's yeah, <laughs> like there was literally nothing here. Or when the, there's a cop car pulled over, not even an accident, just a cop car pulled over, pulling someone yeah. over, and people all slow down. Yeah. It's like, what are we doing? I hate that. It's because everyone wants to like get out of that lane, and they just start trying to cut over lanes so that they're not in the lane directly closest to the uh, the police officer. And yeah, that is a law, but it well, kind of. I think you're supposed to move. I think you're supposed to, but I. I, think it's a respect I mean, thing. if you can't, like, what happened? Like. Half the country just because them, I can't. So. <laughs> just because I can't get over. That's true. That's true. There's a few times where I'm like, I can't yeah. get over. Hopefully, you don't walk out of your car. No. Yeah. So, just yeah. die for things. It's horrible traffic. I hate it. Traffic is one of the most infuriating things. Yeah. To exist, actually. It's. And I can't imagine myself living in in L.A. or New York, because I think if I lived in L.A., I would blow my head off. Yeah, that would definitely be. Um, a negative side effect of living in uh, Los Angeles. I, yeah, traffic is just. I I hate dealing with it. Everybody hates it. Everyone does hate it. Nobody likes traffic, but some people handle it way worse. I handle it way worse. I'll be I'll be honest. Yeah. It depends, you know. If if you're not trying to get somewhere, then at the end of the day, hey, you're just along for the ride. But yeah, if you got somewhere to be, then it's pretty infuriating. Very rarely do I though. For some reason, I've always feel like when I'm in the, I'm like one of those drivers that's just like, oh, I'm on the go. Like I'm just, I'm moving. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I want to get there. Well, like typically, quickly. when people drive there, trying to get somewhere efficiently. <laughs> and you know, it's not what I no shit. But like, I mean, my that is like, I tend to drive on the fast side. Yeah. Like I want to get there quickly. Most people, not just efficiently. I want to get there in, quickly. It's uh, how most people in Florida feel. Speed limits are suggestions, apparently. You know what's interesting? <laughs> not a lot of people really think about it, but every every single car, it their dashboard displays a speed that is faster than you're actually going because it's illegal to do the inverse. It's illegal to say you're going slower than you're actually going because then you would be pulled over for speeding and it it wouldn't be your fault because the car would be under reading. So every single speedometer what? is actually slightly higher than the speed that you're actually going. What? Usually by like one to two miles an hour. Yeah. So I've never hit 120 is what you're saying. If you've hit 120, <laughs> you've actually hit like 118 or yeah, 119. Yeah. 
I had never thought about that. Yeah. How do you know that? I, I don't even remember. I just know a lot of things. You just know that? Yeah. That's another <laughs> random fact. Give, I mean, I give know me another cars. one. Um, you know, it's interesting. Have you ever seen basically, uh, so maybe you like deadlifted or you stood up too fast or you have low iron or something like that. Yeah. And you see like little tiny white, it looks just like Stars. particles just kind of like moving around and like wiggling. Mm-hmm. Basically what that is, that's actually the white blood cells in your eyes when you're looking at oh. up at like a lot of light. Okay. That doesn't, the, the white blood cells that are inside of your eye, I guess they get strained because you, I don't know, did whatever. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's what well, they're rushed with blood maybe. Yeah. Your, your eyes, I don't know, something like that. I, I just know that those little white particle things that it's white blood cells. I watched it in a video. And that's that's all I got. <laughs> Is that your YouTube content? Uh, sometimes. I mean, it depends, really. Because the algorithm can say a lot about it, people. If you think about it, I get a lot of thirst traps on my TikTok. So <laughs> <laughs> it's always just what was that thing they ass, were doing? Ass, the ass, ass, the girls tits, ass. were dancing with the in their sweatpants and stuff, and the song changes, and they're like. Oh, wasn't that a big that, trend? Is that the bus it one? I think so. Wasn't it? Bus it. Bus it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. That's it. Something like Isn't that. Isn't that the big, that's the big thirst trap happening right now? It's probably gotten me a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> I know weak. I saw a Twitter video where it was like when your girl got in the car and all she hears, it was just like you on her, the guy on the phone with like the bus it like was just going. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I saw a video on that. But yeah. But hey, we're all men. Except, <laughs> except those who aren't men. Aren't men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! That TikTok algorithm though is scary. Sometimes with how like what you know, it's, it, with, with its you can see it. Like you can see the suggestion. Maybe you you click on a sound or something because you're you got thirst trapped, and then you'll close out of it because I don't know the Lord is on your side or something. And you start scrolling. Two TikToks later, you got something off that same sound. You got the same thing. Yeah, right? dude. They know exactly what you want. The minute you you like something from Call of Duty, like three TikToks later, you get another Call of Duty TikTok. Have you ever gotten something that you know you haven't seen in your feed before? It's the first time it comes up on your feed. And you're like, oh, I do like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I want to know I did like that, but I do. There's there's some some things that I wish I hadn't seen on TikTok. <laughs> There's some other... Go in to detail. Give us one. Give us one. Give us the... Yeah, give us one. Give us one. Um, God, I don't know. I saw some kid covered in uh, tomato sauce the other day. Oh. Like his whole body. It was kind of weird. That'd be a new trend. You know, I didn't... It's I could have went my whole life without seeing it. Better than eating Tide Pods. I guess now I can say I have. You know, I don't know about that. I... I think it's substantially <laughs> better <laughs> to death. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a good cover idea. yourself in tomato juice and sauce versus eat tie bods. Guess yeah. that's up for debate. Yeah, tell us in the comments. Uh, do you prefer eating tie no pods or it's okay? Just uh, tell us. Uh, <laughs> Is it even live streamed or anything? You'll figure it out. Uh, follow us on our socials and then get back to us. <laughs> He runs the show now. It's his. Um, that's it. Yeah. You said what? That's it. You, you run the show now. It's all oh, yours I'm now. running the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, are you a tits or an ass guy? Wow. This is where we're going. I'm an ass guy. I was asking the audience. Oh, well, that's <laughs> awkward. 
Now y'all know. That's what I would go with. So. Which one did you say? <laughs> Want me to repeat it? Yeah. <laughs> I had my line ready. In I case wasn't you guys <laughs> didn't get it. <laughs> say, say the joke again. <laughs> for me, not for the audience. <laughs> um, I would say I'm more of an ass guy. Though, if we're yeah, I think there's a lot more like usability. Um, <laughs> utility. It just has more uses, I think. I think you profit more off of it. Um, there's more. But there's nothing wrong with tits. I think every guy's going to say, you know. There's more versatility. There's more. There is a lot of verse. You know, you could appreciate. Thing is, tits. You just sorry, girls, if if they're listening to this, but tits. You you were born with that shit, and it just is what it is. And then an ass. You kind of got to work for that. I mean, I'm sure there that are is some. My view, but you got to fucking you got to work for it. So it's a lot Generally more speaking. impressive. You mm-hmm. can't work your tits out. Yeah. Well, you could hit chest, but it'd be kind of weird. <laughs> what if he? Do we know? I don't, I don't want, know. I don't want square boobs. <laughs> They would go square. Think of like male pectoral muscles. That's the same as women. They just have boobs over top. They have. Uh, I just never really thought about glands. it. I just never really thought about it in that sense. Yeah, it's interesting. I've never, just never looked at it in that sense. Definitely a lot more utility. Definitely uh, a lot more impressive. To each his own. But yeah, I, 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 I'm with you on that one for sure. It, that's where I lean. Yeah. For a while, I was like in the middle. I was like, I don't care. And then one day, it was just like. Yes, that's the way I'm going though. <laughs> it's easy to fuck a girl <laughs> with no tits. <laughs> but it's a lot harder too with no ass. Those are some wise, wise words right there. <laughs> <laughs> Quote me on that. It's going to be the promo for the podcast. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Good lord. I'd love to see it. What do you think about the legalization of marijuana? Think it's coming? Do you think Democrats are going to pass it? Think it's coming? Well, actually, the House recently passed a, a bill, I believe, that said something that would decriminalize, I think, all drugs and make marijuana legal, or maybe it was just legalized marijuana, something along those lines. How to decriminalize the marijuana. House, yeah, the House passed, yeah, it was to federally decriminalize marijuana, mm-hmm. that's what it was. And um, the House passed it, and Mitch McConnell was like, I'm not even going to let that hit the Senate floor. We're not even going to vote on that. He just totally like knocked it down. They could bring it back up, though. And the thing is, it well, it needs to be a new bill at that point, I think. They could read I believe yeah. it, either it goes back to the House and they have to vote on it again, or they have to no, redo not the if bill. He tables I think it, it gets if he which okay. he what he was which is probably what he did because that's the only way you can really kind of bury something so deep they can't blow it back up is you table it and it gets kind of like put into this uh, like a metaphorical bin of like and it's just like at a the graveyard. bottom of oh, yeah it basically it's a graveyard because there's this whole process of trying to bring something out once you table it and if I'm correct I don't. I don't know. I wouldn't even want to say that because I don't know if it goes in order or not. But there's so much shit to, like, that is tabled that like it's at the bottom of the barrel, basically, once it gets tabled. But I definitely think it should be legalized um, federally. You know, I don't think it makes a lot of sense not to, right? You make an absurd amount of money off of it tax-wise. So even if you don't... I think that's agree, what they're going for now. That's the main thing. Even if you don't thing. agree with it, you're going to profit. more money. You're going to... I mean... If you care about taxes, you believe that your tax money is going into these parks, going into these streets, then you might as well let other people smoke weed and enjoy the the nice road, the new road. But your money is not going to roads or children or hospitals. It's going to the military. 
So <laughs> I definitely think it should be as well as it'll drop incarceration rates by a lot. It'll stop us from kind of feasting on these other communities um, or these uh, impoverished communities. And I feel like there will only be a lot of positive benefits for it. You know, I mean, you don't need any new laws around it. I mean, you if you get pulled over while you're high, then it's still a DUI. And I mean, I think a lot of people can agree on that. Um, but you know what? We don't need a lot of new laws really to enact it. And the whole reason it was illegal, uh, made illegal in the first p- place was totally racist. And one guy who owned a big paper company, you know about that? I believe he, they had, they had the like substitute for paper on like some hemp thing. Yeah. So hemp, hemp is like one of the most utilized versatile, yeah. vers- versatile plants that you can make yeah. some you can make cement out Hemp's of it. Got it you can make i mean boats out of it you can make paper out of it you can make oil out of it that you can burn like kerosene it, you can use it for protein you could smoke it <laughs> i mean you can do it's, it does have a lot of if you like go deep into the beneficial yeah there was yeah. this guy in the 1930s i can't remember his name like william something he uh basically he owned this big he owned a printing and news company as well as he owned basically tons of like uh Basically, he owned lots of uh, paper products, paper mills, wood mills, things like that. And um, they were also having a problem with immigration at the time, I believe. Maybe maybe not. Maybe they just didn't <laughs> like it. Could be one way or the other. But either way, they started to do something about it. And, mm-hmm. and marijuana was also kind of – this could be incorrect, so don't don't take it for what it is. But I, I believe well, – These are facts it was, here, Tyler. I We only it, tell the truth. I believe it part- Our listeners know that. I believe uh, marijuana was part of, like, um, I'm going to say Mexican culture and, and for a while. I don't think there's a fond opinion on it anymore in their culture, but I think that was a thing back in the day. And I know that was part of the thing with illegalizing it was a way that they could basically just throw people out of the country um, because they had weed on them um, at the time. You're talking about don't, in the States? Well, yeah, in, okay, in okay, the U.S. Sorry. to, okay. like, deport um, immigrants who would come here. I don't know if that's necessarily completely true, but I, either way, it, it was a way for them to kind of take out all these people that they, they thought were a, a menace to society, and then this guy didn't lose all of his money in paper. They did that in the 30s. He also funded all of these movies and all of this uh, media yeah, to basically to promote, against, to it. promote mm-hmm. against it, and there became this bad mantra within like 50 years, and, and people believe it, and people don't look into it. And, and the thing about it, too, is a lot of drugs that like are out on the street, like like psychedelics or, or weed or other things like that, like we can't even do medical studies with a lot of this stuff because yeah. it's illegal. And That's so what's there, crazy there about could it. be all these health benefits to all of these drugs and maybe there's not. And fuck it, if there's not, then it's the same as all these other drugs that we've we've looked up. But if there's if there's uses for these things, like I I've seen there's there's been a lot of work with um people who uh, suffer from PTSD and using psychedelics that it helps them get through that really well. They actually use Molly to help them talk about it and stuff. Yeah, so I I really definitely think that there's there's a lot of uses that we could use these like drugs for, but it's just cut off because there's a lot of people who have such a negative connotation around it. And I mean, within the right context, right? Like we don't want people out doing heroin and things like that and opiates. I think opiates are probably the most destructive and, and worst street drug that there is. I mean, we need them for people who 
are in a lot of pain and things like that. Yeah. That's why we produce like stronger ones. But like the company that created fentanyl, like we needed fentanyl as a as a product itself, but they they abused it. I I think in the beginning they put it in lollipops and people would suck on them in their like their their mouth. <laughs> I swear to God, like when it no, first I don't came doubt out, that at all. They literally like they it was like anyone could get it at at one point in time when it first came out, and then they overproduced it and people got hooked on it. And I, I'm pretty sure that pharmaceutical company yeah. has had to pay millions and billions and, of dollars in restitution. And if I'm correct, the cartels have been making different types of fentanyl. Like every time they get caught making one. They just change like one chemical subset to make this new fentanyl. Could be. I I know because it's a. Uh, like, I feel bad. Yeah, you know, maybe it isn't fentanyl. But I know there's. I'm pretty positive it is, and it's just like it's very easy for them for like very easy to manipulate compared to other drugs. So it's very easy to make fentanyl type B C D. Like, it is very you know easy. It's it's pretty much it's barely it's barely any more expensive than heroin is, and it's like a hundred times more potent. So you need oh, much yeah. less of it. So it's essentially a better deal. Um, so that's why a lot of people are using it. And then it's also the strongest thing on the market. That's that's what everyone gets addicted to. It's, But the thing is, too, with like the cartel and things like that is a lot of them grow in like California now because they can be in the United States already and operating in the United States. And if they get in trouble for it, it's not it's not like a federal crime because they're in a legal state. So it just becomes like something they can kind of get out of or go back to Mexico or maybe not Mexico, sorry, Colombia or wherever they are from. And they can just live back there. (laughs) They can be fine. It's not that big of a deal. So like if we were to make it legal, we would ensure that the substance that people are getting, it's not, there's not a lot of pesticides on it or things like that, that other people may have put on it that were, if they were operating a grow house, they may have put pesticides on it and and you don't want to be smoking that. So it it would also stop the cartel from bringing in a lot. I mean, if we really want to, this whole war on drugs, why don't we just decriminalize it? And then these people won't really come into us anyways. Especially with weed, specifically with weed. I mean, cocaine's the other big one, but, they're not, uh, cocaine's not going to be illegal. And that's the big argument is like if we legalize everything, they wouldn't have that market anymore. Not necessarily but obviously legalize, but decriminalize, yeah. Well, if they still if mm, decriminalize it, would probably increase their. Well, not that it needs. It, it would definitely yeah. increase. But their you can't you can't like, activity. go to the store and just like buy heroin. That's just a name. No, I'm not saying we should, but I no, mean, no, but like that's the argument is like, well, if it's if it's there in a dose that's reasonable, like. It's not gonna kill people. It, I mean, people have said that, but because then the, the cartels can't operate anymore because they can't compete in a sense. But at the same time, like my one of my big worries with weed being legalized is if like the states start to tax it too much, and then you follow the issue that the cartels still might be able to undercut the price. Yeah, I mean that's definitely a thing as of right now too, because like you could go to in California, right? Or I, I haven't been to a legal state, or at least I have, but I haven't like uh been to a dispensary or anything but um i I'm, i think it's like sometimes 12 dollars a gram if not more than that at if times. not more yeah and, and you have to pay tax on top of that whereas you could go anywhere on the street and get it for 10 at, at least so like that's already a thing but but part of that is like i don't know i, c- I could probably make alcohol in my bathtub like pruno if i wanted to but i'd rather just spend 27 dollars <laughs> and go to <laughs> go to the liquor store you know so I feel like a lot of people, even if it is legalized, they I don't mm-hmm. I don't think it'll really affect too many people in the sense of that they won't 
buy it just because it's a bit more expensive. They'd rather, I think it'd be, there'd be a lot less street dealers and things like that. So it might be even, you might necessarily not even have the same level of access to it. Right. Like, yeah, I think there would be a lot less. I do. I do. Cause I think a lot of those guys would be like, Oh, I can go work at a weed shop now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or I can go do something else. And but now I don't have to worry about the like police barging into my apartment at any given moment. Like, yeah. I mean, if I was in that situation, I definitely would stop. I'd be like, there's no point in me doing this now. I just don't think we should be locking up people for for drugs or for what people decide that they want to put in their body. Whether it's a good substance or a bad substance, I feel like just locking them up isn't going to help them in it at all. It also creates a very negative image on, like imagine if the only thing that makes you happy is heroin and then these people just lock you in a cell and then you can't have your heroin so you get out and then that's all you want. And, and you just have a bad image of these people who are putting you in the cell because that's all they do with you and and they don't actually give you help i mean there are some good programs out there and things like that i'm not talking like generally but just kind of overall like you know i I think that decriminalizing a lot of drugs and not just locking people up for what they choose to put in their body would be a much more beneficial use of our tax dollars in, in the criminal justice system i just don't think it makes sense yeah i mean it's a very valid argument to be had i mean it comes especially when you bring it down to the personal level and the personal choice of the individual. I mean, it's like the same exact thing with, you know, the abortion laws. Like that's what one side is saying. One side is saying it's really not anybody's right to say what the person wants to do with their body. And it, it's a valid argument for each one of them. I just feel like they've been outlawed for drugs have been criminalized for so long mm-hmm. and people still do them. Everybody smokes weed. Yeah. Everybody does other drugs. Like, why don't we just try decriminalizing it? <laughs> I don't yeah. think I don't think more people are gonna necessarily. Or I don't think a whole lot of more people are gonna be like if weed becomes federally legalized. I don't think a whole lot of people are gonna start smoking weed all of a sudden. And yeah. I don't. It's not gonna yeah. change our culture really. It's just gonna be. I don't think people, it would change culture at all. I think people. <laughs> I mean, would it's be, already super big yeah. within the culture. Like I think it's. I think everything's pretty much gonna stay, stay yeah. the same. That, it's um. There's an argument to be had with that, and there's an argument to be had with other drugs. Like there's some festivals that are known to have like a test kit station on site with there's some people running a tent and they let you literally just test what you have, so that you are having pure shit. And at that point, it's really kind of on you not to overdose. You know, it's up yeah. to the individual. But it's better than like buying molly you and stop you got like fentanyl. People, people are going to do what they want to do at the end of the day. Exactly. And that's the, the logic behind it is, well, if you're going to do it no matter what, we're just going to make sure you have the better stuff that isn't going to kill you. And, you know. Yeah. No, absolutely. Like that's, at least it's like, you're not, yeah, you won't be surprised that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, oh, this is meth now. Like, it's, no, you know what you're getting. And, and it is an argument to be had for it. I mean, there is. There really is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yo, man, we've done about an hour 20 here, so uh, I think yeah, it's time we uh, <laughs> give a little call here, all right? Absolutely. Thanks that's for coming nice. on, dude. That's good. Thank you for yeah. having me. Yeah, man. yeah. I've loved my time here. You have such a nice place. It's, <laughs> it's Yeah, we really awesome. we really worked on uh, getting the shelving up and everything. It's, yeah. it's coming together slowly but surely. Yeah, I love this so, Yeah, you'll come on again sometime. So. Hey, sounds good to me. All right, man. Peace. Peace.